it's not an all or nothing game. You don't have nothing to offer when you're down. You don't have zero confidence when you're down. In most people's cases, albeit a temporary moment maybe, you're not completely valueless when things are going against you. You just don't have the normal crutches that you lean on saying, hey, here's my pillars. Hey, here's my value. Hey, here's where I'm important. Hey, here's where I'm valuable. Welcome, everybody, to the Chris Harder Show, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success, knowing that when good people like you make good money, they can then do great things. My name is Chris Harder, and several times per week, I will bring you epic guests, solo episodes, and every single tool, trick, and skill set you need to grow your business, grow your money mindset, and to grow your wealth to levels that you have never reached before. I've ended up in a unique place in life where I've got the experience, the connections, and all of the secrets that it takes to be successful. And and I'm lifting the curtain to reveal it all to you in an effort to help put you in a position of abundance so great that you can then be as generous as possible. So let's lock arms and let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Chris Harder Show, where today I am grateful for my wife. I got to give Lori a shout out. I wake up every single day. No joke. And I'm like, I can't believe this is the person I get to do life with. I am so freaking fortunate and just so lucky that somehow I ended up with Lori. So that's what I'm grateful for. And if you're like, what in the world is this dude talking about? If this is your first time listening to the show, I start my show with gratitude every single episode so that I can help remind you that what you don't stop and take inventory of, you don't actually have in the first place. We spend our whole lives trying to accomplish, trying to accumulate, trying to cross finish lines, and we forget to stop and show any gratitude or any appreciation for the things that we've accomplished or that we have, that we once actually prayed for. So I try and remind you that gratitude is an absolute superpower if you can build it as a default, and that's why I start my show with it. Now, I want to share with you a story that if you've been listening to the show for years, you know this. If you've been following us for a long time, you know this. But some of you that might be new to the show, you may not know. In 2008, 2009, when the Great Recession hit, we had to start over from below zero. And recently, when I was doing a round of 20 questions, which is where my friend Danny Hafelman sits down and he studies our brand and he says, hey, you know, I want to ask you these questions I think your listeners would want to know. Recently, when we did 20 questions, he asked me, he said, hey, what do you think your biggest mistake has been? What do you think your biggest mess up has been? And from that question, I just went into this whole spiel of how I delivered the news to Lori that, hey, we have to start over financially. I lost my job. We've been living beyond our means. It was a surprise to her. And then what were the very next steps? Like actual real tangible action. What were the next steps I did? What were the next steps we did? How did we mount our comeback? How did we end up where we are today? So this episode, if you're in any kind of place where you're like down and out or feel like you haven't come far enough or you're starting over, or if you just want good old-fashioned inspiration, that's what this episode is for you. It shows you that no matter where you're at today, you can turn it around and you can end up beyond your wildest dreams. I promise you. So sit back, listen, enjoy. I hope this is helpful. I want to talk about like, what is your biggest failure? Because I do think like you have such an aspirational lifestyle that yeah. people get to see. I don't think people understand like, what it's taken to get here. Yeah. Do you have like a biggest failure that you look back on and you're just like, man, this helped shape me? We have a lot of them. I don't know if we have a biggest one. I think if someone forces me to categorize the biggest one, it's going to be when we lost everything in, in 08, 09, you know, that era 
recession hit. We were living beyond our means when I lost my job in banking. I had to come home and tell my wife, hey, babe, you know, lost my job today. We kind of knew this was coming. But the thing that you probably didn't know is we've been living beyond our means. And we have to sell this great big house that we just finished building. And we got to get rid of the cars and the rental properties. Just everything that was a dumb decision up to that point. Breaking that news to Lori and having to be in that position was probably our biggest failure. The problem with that notion is that's what sprung board us into the people that you know now. That's what made us have to go into entrepreneurship. That's what made us start building businesses. That's what made me get into a mortgage brokerage that we turned into a mortgage bank and I sold part of it. Like I have such a hard time with this concept of calling something a failure because so many good things come out of it. Listen, in that moment, I'm not trying to convince anybody that it felt good, okay? But in that moment, our backs were against the wall. I was stripped of anything that I thought was my identity up to that point. How many people did I manage? What was my title? What was my next promotion? What kind of car was I driving? And being stripped of absolutely everything that you think is your identity, it allows you to choose again from a place of nothing to lose. And maybe this is speaking to people who feel like they're there right now. Other people looking in will call your current moment a failure, but it's not. It's a springboard with nowhere to go but up. It's the freedom to choose. How do you want to add value in the world? It's the freedom to choose. How do you want to make a living? It's the freedom to choose. Hey, when I build a set of tracks to the goal that I want to be at, how elegant and fun do I want that set of tracks to be? What direction do I want them to take? All of that is a good thing. It doesn't feel good in the moment, but all of that is a very good thing. I'll go back to when I had to break the news to Lori. You know, I broke the news to Lori. Hey, babe, we're losing everything and we got to start over and we're going to get rid of this house. We're going to move to a tiny little mother-in-law suite in uptown Minneapolis. And she was real silent when I told her. Did she have any idea? You'd have to ask her. Yeah. You'd have to ask her. But she was real silent when I told her. And finally, the first thing that came out of her mouth was she looked up at me and she said, I will never let this happen again. And that became the moment that Lori chose a career path that put her on the map that became the Lori that we all know today. So like, is that a failure or is that the world's greatest springboard? Or I guess in life, is it both? Is it both simultaneously? Because even now when things are going well, there's things that we don't like. There's things that we're not happy with. So are those wins or is that a failure? I think. As I kind of talk this out and realize in life, there's always going to be something that's slipping on the scoreboard. There's always going to be a category or two that someone's going to look at and say, hey, you're failing there right now because you can't possibly keep all the balls in the air perfectly at one time. So if it's that you're choosing again financially or career-wise, maybe the upside is look at all the freedom you have. Look at all the burdens that you've been stripped of. If it's that you're on a rocket ship, Is it, are you missing out on some relationships? Are you missing out on some life experiences? Are you missing out on family? Are you missing out on friends? Everybody will have some balls that they're dropping, even if it looks like they have all the right ones in the air. And when you guys were going through that, like, how did that impact you guys just on the, on the marriage relationship side? Meaning like, was there new boundaries you had to put in place? Was there new, like, were you making goals together before that? Or were you just operating separately? Or like, how did that change how you guys operate? This is a really interesting question because the lowest point in our marriage was while we were going through not just losing everything, but then 
the year or so after that. So we're talking a, a good two-year span. Because I was miserable, because I gained 30 pounds and didn't like myself, because I was dealing with stressful things. You know, I spent a year flying around, closing down offices, laying a thousand people off, and then coming home telling Lori, hey, we got to start over again. And then trying to figure out what do I want to be? What do I want to do after that? I felt like I had been stripped of anything that identified me. Now, I just got done explaining why that's a good thing. But while you're going through it, it's a bad thing because when you lose your identity, you've got nothing to stick your stake in the ground and say, hey, I'm proud of this person or I'm proud of who I am or I'm proud of this moment. And that becomes very difficult to be a great partner that's going to lift somebody else up when you're going through that moment. Luckily, Lori chose to get on a rocket ship while I was kind of treading in the rowboat of doom figuring out where I wanted to go next. And she said, don't worry, babe, I got this. While you're sitting down here trying to figure it out again, I'm going to go do something crazy. And that is become the person who everybody knows her to be that she is today. And so thank goodness for her in that moment. She could have just packed up and left. She could have said, hey, this sucks. It's not what I signed up for. She very outwardly talks about having thoughts like that. Like, wait, I didn't sign up for this. You know, maybe this marriage isn't going to last. But thankfully she chose, okay, if you're down, I'm going to be up. And we're going to figure out a path back to where we want to be. And sure enough, it worked out. Did you lose trust in you? Like, how long did it take you to have your confidence back to know, like, no, I am the business dude that I thought I was? If you're asking me to put a time on it, probably two to three years. We're talking two to three years of not having the swagger, two to three years of having to switch a healthy ego, two to three years of trying to figure out how do I want to show up? two to three years of having any idea where I actually add value in the world. And that's a long time to be stripped of momentum and pride and confidence. But it's not an all or nothing game. You don't have nothing to offer when you're down. You don't have zero confidence when you're down. In most people's cases, albeit a temporary moment maybe, you're not completely valueless when things are going against you. You just don't have the normal crutches that you lean on saying, hey, here's my pillars. Hey, here's my value. Hey, here's where I'm important. Hey, here's where I'm valuable. And trying to figure out what that is for yourself going forward is one of the best gifts that you can ever be given, quite honestly. So I think life works like this. I think when you're young, you make choices that are based on shiny things. And quite honestly, when you're young, you make choices based on other people telling you what you should want to do and where you should be going. And the challenge there is because you don't actually have enough life experience to know what you should be doing or where you really want to be going. You just say yes to these things. And then you end up on this freeway where you're going so quick and the traffic around you is going so quick that you can't even fathom getting over to get on the exit ramp to take a breather and say, wait, is this even the direction I wanted to be going? And I think a lot of people wake up on that freeway of busyness. They're just stuck on the freeway and they can't make it over to the exit ramp and they feel stuck in a destination that deep down they know they don't want to be going. So when life deals you that moment to get to choose again, whether it happens in your 20s or your 30s or your 40s or your 50s even, you need to be able to see it for what it is. And that is somebody forcing you off that freeway that you didn't want to be on in in the first place, allowing you to choose your next direction that is more authentic to you. How did you find that? You say you took a few years and I don't know if when I lost everything for me, that felt like I just skidded across rock bottom for a while. I don't know if that's how you felt, but 
when you were finding your new direction and choosing a new industry and a new way to show up in the world, like, how did you find that? What did that actually look like? This is when I first found self-development. I was void of any real intentional self-development before this moment. And somebody that I was working with at the time said, hey, there's this thing coming to town. You should go to it. It's like a long weekend. It's kind of self-development-y, whatever. But I really think you and Lori would like it. So I went home to Lori and I said, hey, here's this thing. This guy at work was telling me about, I don't know if we should go or didn't want to go. And I think at the time I didn't want to go, but I was kind of hope, secretly hoping that Lori would say, hey, let's go. And that's what happened. She said, let's go. And we bought two tickets. And I think the tickets were around $700 each at the time for the long weekend, which was a ton of money for us at that time. You know, so go spend 14, 1500 bucks on a long weekend event. It felt like a big purchase. But it was there that I learned really important things, such as there is no meaning to things other than the meaning we apply to it, right? The power of perspective. And that at any given moment, we do have agency. We do have choice, even if we're not exercising it. And that, you know, happiness is fully within our choices and our control. A lot of good, valuable life lessons that became pillars of what we lived on going forward. So the answer to your question is, I think that became the foot in the door to self-development that then made us two feet in saying, what else is out there? We went from that to Tony Robbins, UPW, you know, walking across fire and all that stuff to then masterminds, to then getaways in Costa Rica where you're doing things you never thought you'd be doing and, and compiled all of that into several years of developing new perspectives and new muscles and new opinions and new thoughts. I'll tell you, there's two very important things that I developed in life during that time that I really credit a lot of our success to. The first one is openness. I became way more open to things that I wasn't open to in the past during that time in my life. And it's that new openness that allowed me to say yes to business ideas that I wouldn't have otherwise said yes to that gave us a lot of success. To say yes to partnerships I wouldn't be open to otherwise. So I think openness was the first most important thing I learned during that phase. The second thing was to stop judging people so much. I was a crippling perfectionist back then. And that was really a result of me judging so many other people so harshly that I thought, well, everyone must be judging me with the same type of intensity, even though they probably weren't. And when you think everyone's judging you with such intensity, then you think there's a spotlight on you and they must be finding all the things that you're doing wrong instead of seeing anything that you're doing right. And then that gives you crippling perfectionism. Better do it perfect because everyone's watching. And that stopped me from not only a lot of good things that could have been good in my career, but it stopped me from life experiences. So now when I say we are wealthy, we are wealthy in, sure, monetary means, but we are wealthy in life experience. We are wealthy in memories. We are wealthy in love. We are wealthy in relationships. And all of those things came when I became more open to people and ideas and modalities that I wouldn't have been in the past. And when I released judgment of other people, therefore, finally releasing the fact that everyone must be judging me just as harshly so that I could then dip my toes in whatever I wanted to be, whoever I wanted to be without giving a shit what other people think. I think it's easy to say, like, let go of those things and like kind of be at peace. But like, did you have to do anything that helped you actually like let go of some of that ego around different things? Oh, hell yeah. It had to be a combination of experiences and intentional work. I remember Lori tricked me into going on this retreat in Costa Rica. She told me it was a surf getaway, like a surf and yoga camp. And really what it was, 
was a crazy meditation and woo-woo camp. And one day you got to try surfing. And when I got there and realized what it was, I said, babe, this is crazy. This is absolutely not what you said it was. I'm going to fly home tomorrow because this is nothing I would have ever signed up for. Now, this is like deep in the jungle in Costa Rica. So there's no flights out until the next day. So that night, my choice was stay in a hut that did not have electricity and nothing to watch on TV and no internet while it was dark out, or join Lori and the rest of the crew in going to see these sea turtles that were hatching, apparently is one of the wonders of the world. So when she said, well, you're stuck here for the night, you're going to stay in this hut in the dark, or do you want to come with us to see the sea turtles? I said, well, what else am I going to do? So I went and I saw the sea turtles. Not a half an hour into that ride, even before we got to the sea turtles, I was already having an entirely different human experience than I would have normally had in the past. We were riding in a cattle truck with cattle shit at our feet, driving across rivers that were flooded out and crossing the river because the bridge had flooded out in the cattle truck and being around other people laughing and bouncing and having fun. And halfway into that ride, I realized, holy shit, this is so much fun. And this is something that I wouldn't have signed up for on my own. Then we sure enough got to the beach and saw the sea turtles. And as far as my eyes could see to the left, and I'm talking miles, and as far as my eyes could see to the right, again, miles, there were hundreds of thousands of these turtles coming up from the sea so that they could lay their eggs and then waddling back to the sea after they do. And I'd never seen anything like it in my life. It was miraculous. It was incredible. And it really was one of the wonders of the world to see. And then we took that shitty cattle truck back to the dark ass huts after that. And Lori said to me, as we're going to bed, she said, are you still going to find a flight in the morning and and get out of here? I understand if you're going to. And I said, nope, no, I will stay. And I promised to play at 110% if I stay because it was a small group and I knew it would just take one sour apple to ruin the the entire lot. So I said, I will stay and I will play at 110%. And it was that retreat that changed so many things for me that made me so open to so many things I wouldn't have been open to in the past. It was that retreat where I had so many breakthroughs participating in, in activities I wouldn't have participated in. And one of those breakthroughs was this, the release of judgment. So there was somebody who showed up at the retreat that I had once judged as this really annoying, can't spend another minute around them, woo-woo weirdo guy. And when I saw him walking up to the retreat, I thought, oh shit, here we go. I'm trapped in this jungle ass island with this dude for a week. Not going to happen. And by the end of that week-long trip, this guy was the coolest, dopest, most accomplished, interesting, fun to be around dude I could have ever wished to spend a week with. That wouldn't have happened if I wasn't there. That wouldn't have, absolutely would not have happened if it was left up to my design. And it was at the end of that week that I realized, wow, how many other people are you painting with a, a certain colored brush that you would actually love and enjoy and would add value to your life? And almost like a light switch in that moment, I decided I was going to stop judging people. And that was the moment where I released judgment. Now, once in a while, the human experience of judging something or somebody will will pop up. But now I've got the tools to quickly recognize it, squash it, and reframe it. And that's been one of the best gifts that has ever been given to me in life that has led to some of the best moments and opportunities and breakthroughs in my life. 
So both of those stories involve you winding up in a room you didn't expect to be in. Yeah. Would you say that if you had advice for someone being able to, you're at rock bottom, you need something to do that changes things up. Is it to go get in a room or what's your advice with that? If I sit here and I tell people, go get in the room that you're not comfortable getting in, go get in the room that you would never get in, go get in the room that is the last one you'd ever see yourself. They're not going to do it. Yeah. So my advice is a baby step. Make the choice to be a lot more open to new experiences than you are today. It can be a small baby step towards doing something that you wouldn't have done before. Follow that up with another baby step of doing something else kind of radical, radically different from what you would have done. And let that turn into a jog, into a run, into absolutely leaping into then something, a room that you would never find yourself in. But look for the evidence along the way that while this might be uncomfortable, while this might not feel good, holy shit, I am gaining something I wouldn't have gained without being here. And once that clicks for you, you'll start seeking it out. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.